Welcome to The Future Belongs to Creators. I'm your host, Barrett Brooks. I'm the COO at ConvertKit. My co-host is our CEO, Nathan Barry. We're on a mission to help creators earn a living, and this is a show about turning anxious energy into creative output during times of uncertainty. All right, welcome to episode 83 of The Future Belongs to Creators. Today, I'm joined by Charlie Prangley. Hi. Coworker, creative director, designer extraordinaire at ConvertKit. And we're diving into the topic of should creators join unions to avoid being taken advantage of? We'll get into all of that in just a second. But first, Charlie, thanks for joining me. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Is this the time where we say red, yellow, green? It is. It is. I'm a solid green today. I feel new week. I'm a weird person who loves Mondays and it's been a good day. So I'm feeling green. How about you? Love it. I'm also a person who loves Mondays. I'm probably yellow today because I'm trying to get way too many things done at the same time. I have this habit of overcommitting my Mondays, which, you know, you'd think I'd fix that by now, but I haven't. Anyway, today is one of those overcommitted days. I'm doing the board deck and preparation for that all done. It's supposed to be done today. It's not on track to be done. It's one of those things, you know, but otherwise it's good. So I'm yellow, but excited to dive into the topic. Yeah. So I'd love to just hear from you, Charlie. What first, because you brought this up, we were talking, what should the topic be? And you're like, I've actually got something that I've been seeing. So yeah, maybe introduce that and what made this interesting to you? Yeah, so this is talk that I've seen going on in the creator industry for a few years, honestly. But recently it's been brought to light again and been in my feed a lot because someone I know, Kat Molesworth, is putting together a creator union for creators in the UK. It's sort of in the process of being formed at the moment. And so it's just brought it top of mind again, you know. But a few years ago, I heard about this other union called the Internet Creators Guild that was started by Hank Green, who is a YouTube creator, an author. He is one of the founders of VidCon. Yeah, Internet Creators Guild was pretty great in the time, I thought. It seemed like a good idea. It seemed like they were trying to solve this problem of creators being these little islands floating out there Mm -hmm. and brands having all the power when it comes to working with them. It's really easy for creators to get taken advantage of, especially smaller creators when they're just starting out and not knowing what a fair price for something is, not knowing what a fair payment term for something is. And just as a whole, the creator industry can be undervalued by brands. Yeah. Is there an example that you can think of and we can anonymize it to protect anyone, either guilty or innocent, that comes to mind where you're like, oh, if you had had either, you know, a peer group to tell you like, that's not how it works. Or if you had had a union to say, actually, that's against our rules. We're not going to let a client take advantage of you in that way. Maybe a creator could have avoided some headache. Yeah. I mean, I can't even think of a single example because there's so many, Nathan. I feel like I've helped a lot of my creator friends out by passing on some of my freelancing like approach to working with clients to them and encouraging them to do it for working with brands on sponsorship deals and things like that. Because in freelancing, I have a strict process that I follow where I like, you know, this is my price. You're going to pay this much up front and then this much upon completion before I hand over the final design files in my case. And I do the same for brand sponsorships as well. I make sure I get payment before the video goes live when I have a sponsored video on my YouTube channel. And I just know so many creators who have ended up having to chase payments for literally years in some cases when brands haven't paid up. And at that point, it becomes like, is it even worth the time? And it becomes more about the principle of the matter. But it is a huge problem of creators being taken advantage of. I also see a lot of creators doing things for next to nothing. Like, you know, they'll be sent some free product and they will obey all of the brand's wishes when it comes to how they should post about that product, what they should say, what links they should include. All of that is advertising and all of that is incredibly valuable to the brand. And the brand has gotten it for the price of a product, which to them is very minimal. Right. 
And that's just not fair, but it's what's happening a lot. Yeah. So what we're talking about with unions is really trying to correct a power dynamic Yeah. or a power imbalance. Because basically what happens is you get a company that has, you know, in most of these cases, let's say millions or hundreds of millions of revenue. Maybe in some cases you get into the billions of revenue, but I think the biggest companies, bad press is so expensive for them that they're probably, hopefully, following a decent playbook, maybe. Mm. I don't know, maybe you have examples <laughs> of some of the biggest companies, you know, doing that. But I imagine when Apple and others are working with influencers, they have it all dialed in. Whereas kind of this mid-tier of, say, companies doing millions or tens of millions in revenue might be taking advantage or are taking advantage of creators. We've seen these examples. And the creator is one individual. They're like, hey, hi, could you pay my invoice? Remember how we agreed on this? Mm. The big company is either like, yeah, 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 we'll get to that. Or they're like, no, it didn't perform the way we wanted. It didn't, whatever made up reason. And they're like, sue me, you know? And the creator's like, I can't, right? It's too expensive. I'm not going to go down that road. And so basically what it's saying is the large company has all the power and the creator, the individual doesn't have any of the power. What happens, you know, and you, you see this in say airline pilots or steel workers or any other group that has traditionally pushed for unions of being like, well, collectively we have a lot of power. We have just as much power as the company because we are the ones making the products, driving the marketing and everything else. And so if we pull together and say, these are the terms under which we will work, then we at least have some level of equal balance. And then, you know, it might not be that we can force a company to change, but then we can say, hey, for all of these creators and influencers, don't do business with them. They're a bad actor. And hopefully, so it'll drive better process through contracts and support. And then it would also pressure better behavior from companies. Yeah, exactly. Because it is about banding together, right? And just knowing that you're all approaching things the same way and we all have this equal understanding of what value is and what the minimum is you should be paid for this sort of certain type of brand work or whatever. And I think that that sort of banding together and, and talking to each other and sharing that helps the industry as a whole raise up and helps everyone be paid more for sure. Right. I think that there's been other ways that this problem has tried to be solved in the past. And my concern with this idea of unions is that they'll go the way of these other things where they turn out to just not be as good as it seemed. Right. So one example is YouTube MCNs, which stands for multi-channel networks. So these were super popular a couple of years ago. People have sort of turned against them a little bit more now, but it was these companies who would recruit YouTubers to be managed by this company, this multi-channel network. Mm -hmm where they would have your YouTube channel, they would control paying out your AdSense, they could offer you higher paid ad rates and they could offer you brand sponsorships and management and consulting and all this sort of stuff, which all sounded great. And so a lot of YouTubers signed up to them, including me nearly. Right. But then it turned out to be like not such a great deal. The like split you get, they hold on to your income for a long time. I know a couple of YouTubers who have been fighting to get paid out from the MCNs after leaving for a long time in the past. But I do think those MCNs started out with the idea of like, this will be good. We'll all align. We'll all be going after the same thing and get paid more. And, you know, it didn't turn out that way. Right. So this one union that we were talking about called the Creator Union, is this the one that someone you know is launching? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So talking about things that one of these headlines is influence change mm. and providing strength in numbers, right? So advice is the first thing. I think this is an area where we've emphasized mastermind groups and peer help. 
but actually like formal advice could be a lot better because they call it out under legal contract templates. Yeah. Pricing advice. Yeah. All of that. And that's the sort of thing that when you're a small creator, you have no clue where to start with any of that. You're probably getting paid like maybe a couple hundred dollars for this Instagram post. You can't afford to go hire a lawyer to look over the contract because then it's going to like basically mean you're. Right you know, not getting paid anything. You're going to spend all your profits on having the lawyer look it over. So you're taking a risk in doing that and you need that help. Yeah. And that next one is, is training. So support and tools for your business from industry experts. This is basically a lot of, you know, what people are paying for from other creators, you know, of like, okay, how do I, some on the business side, but I imagine, you know, they say tools as well. As someone comes in, it's like, how do I use this tool? How do I run my business? And so they're consolidating that and saying, hey, we'll provide the legal services. And then the final one is campaigns. So campaigning for industry change and the issues you care most about. This and the advice side, that support side, are probably the biggest things. Yeah. And this is where I think unions come together the most. One part of an industry is undervalued. You know, like in Hollywood, the Writers Guild. I don't know the history of it super well, but I imagine it was like the studios have all the power and then we need stars. And like, I don't know, someone writes a script and let's pay them a little bit of money. And the writers are like, hey. Hi, <laughs> story matters. None of this exists without us. No, yeah, yeah, we'll just find another writer and slot them in if you, you know, insist on being paid a significant amount of money, even though the movie and the studio and everyone's making tons of money. It's like, hey, well, you know. And so when unionizing, they're able to create this campaign and really push for the industry change of saying, hey, writing matters, story matters. And we want to rebalance this, this power and compensation into something more equitable. I'm just laughing because Teddy says, every time I hear union, I think to the revolution. Yeah. <laughs> Nice Hamilton reference. <laughs> yes. So what are some of those other things that, like for a creator, what are the compelling sides? Is there anything beyond what we've talked about of why you would want to join a creator union? I think that access to advice, like you called out, is so helpful, especially for micro-influencers who perhaps don't have a team around them yet. <laughs> that is that is just super beneficial to get that advice and to know that you're part of a group where everyone else is approaching it in this way too. You don't feel like you're being taken advantage of, you can have that clarity, I suppose, and there's less ambiguity around it. I think that'd be really useful. For me, I went to a couple of Internet Creators Guild events at some VidCons in the past. <laughs> They're defunct now, honestly. We should bring that up maybe, that they closed down. They, it turned out to be a lack of interest and they couldn't keep it running. They couldn't afford to keep it going. Not enough people wanting to take part in pay dues. But I attended a couple of roundtable events they put together, some more like little mastermind sessions for advice, which was really helpful and super useful for me, for sure. But where I think unions could help is more on a larger scale, like less the individual and more like the creator industry as a whole. So I'm pretty sure that this creator union that Kat and some others have started formed partly because of the reaction brands had when the Black Lives Matter protests were at their peak. <laughs> a lot of black creators were being asked to do work for brands and a lot of the times they were being asked to do work for free. Like brands saw the value in like during that time having black creators take over their Instagram feeds and like, you know, be promoting their product. It was good alignment for the brand, you know, feel like, oh, we're, we're a part of this too. Look what we're doing. We're highlighting black voices, but they weren't paying them. And so that's not fair. Like you said, unions can come in and help when a section like of a group is being treated unfairly. And I think that that's where this can be really useful in the campaign side, like you said. Right. Well, and that's, that's interesting, especially when you have a group of creators who are already underrepresented, already getting less work. And then all of a sudden the spotlight turns to them and says, hey, we now want to include you. And you're like... On one hand, great. I want to be included. That's what I've wanted this entire time and all that. So I'm so excited about that. It'd be easy to not realize that you've gone from not being included to being taken advantage of. Yes. 
And like we've entirely skipped over this, I don't know, perfect in the middle Goldilocks territory of being included and being fairly paid and compensated for it. Yeah, exactly. That's the work that I'm excited for what I see potential with when it comes to unions. Mm -hmm. The Internet Creators Guild, I think it wasn't involved in that sort of thing from what I saw anyway. It was more on the advice side and the like unionizing in general, I guess, and less the campaigns to try and change the industry. Like I said, from my experience, I could be wrong about that. Maybe that's where this creator union will succeed. Yeah. So you talked about the pricing side of the the dues for the Internet Creators Guild were $60 per year. Mm-hmm. And so obviously when you're doing something like that, well, I guess two things. I have initial thoughts. One is that's not very much money. Right. In two ways. So they're probably thinking as a creator, I can join. It won't cost that much. On the other hand, it's not nearly enough money. To run the thing. To deliver any meaningful value. And so I bet they got stuck in this in-between state. Mm. Their numbers probably required millions of creators, you know, to be joining and paying dues or, or at least hundreds of thousands. And that's hard to get traction. Yeah. And so what I wonder is if they sat in this in-between state of we're charging so little that it's easy to buy, but we're not charging enough to deliver meaningful value. And so then there's this disconnect between like, I thought I was going to get this from it and I didn't. Whereas maybe there's a version of this that for $50 a month, if you're providing real legal support and services and expertise that people would be willing to pay for because the value is there. Yeah. And there's enough money to really deliver on the promise. Yeah. And in this case... Unlike the MCN situation that I talked about before, you as a creator still own everything yourself. Right. And you're like leaning on the union for advice and for the you know, legal advice and the, that sort of resources, but you're still controlling all your income yourself, which is the problem that we had with MCNs. Right. Was that they, in return for all the advice they were giving, they controlled your income. That's interesting. If we were to have our own philosophy, right, because people were coming to us and saying, well, you talked about it for a while, but should I join a union? Mm. I think one of the first things that we would say is if they control your income, which unions don't, but our answer would be no, right? If they're getting inserted into the process of how you receive payments, I think no, because part of what is so attractive about being a creator is that you can earn an income on your own terms. Absolutely. Now, there will be times, you know, thinking about other unions, whether it's the Writers Guild or others, of you are limited. You can't just go and take any contract that you want because if you're like, oh, I'm going to do these contracts through this union thing and then I'm going to go do this on my own because it's a side project or, you know, anything like that. Then as part of that contract, you have to make sure that that meets the standards because they're trying to elevate the bar for the entire industry. So if you were saying, and I don't think that any creator influencer unions are on this level yet, but if you were saying, hey, these are the minimum CPMs that are being paid for, this is how deals work, you would get all of those advantages as a whole, but you would also be restricted on the other side is that then you as a creator can't like go and do this random sweetheart deal or something else where you're like, yeah, but this one I'll do for 500 bucks just because, you know, I felt like it or it's a brand I really want to work with. That's where it's like, well, if we're elevating the whole industry, we have to restrict what the union members can do in some way. There's a risk of a small loss of freedom. Yeah, you're right. Like you said, one of the most attractive things about being a creator is that freedom and that freedom to choose who you work with and how much you get paid, hopefully most of the time. Mm -hmm. So that would be a consideration to make for sure. Yeah. What would you do? Thinking back to you earlier in your creator career, could you have found a union useful? Was there ever a situation that came up where you got, you know, put in a sticky situation because of it? Yeah, that's a good question. I would have liked a union from the expertise side of it. Yeah. Actually, not just expertise, sort of reputation of being like, oh, I'm a part of this. Mm. In the same way, early on in my career, I found myself craving like certifications. Mm. 
anything that gave validation, you know, because in the creator world, you're like, I'm, I'm not a doctor. I don't have my engineering credentials after my name. I don't, you know, any of these things. I'm a kid for sure at the time who had a copy of Photoshop and notepad to write some code. And so like I was craving anything that made me legitimate. And so I think at the time saying something like, oh, I'm a member of the Internet Creators Guild or the Creator Union or something like that would give me more validation. I don't think I've had, as a creator in the way that we're talking about it, I don't think I've had those issues because I've done very few sponsored deals or things like that. Yeah, that's not been your approach. As a freelancer working with small businesses, building websites. Yeah. I mean, I've got many thousands of dollars of unpaid work in various forms. That was all happening on a local level, right? Where I'm building a website for another business in town or something like that. that I'm not sure how much that would have helped, but it would have helped a lot in the expertise side of things. Like I actually remember the first information product I ever bought was from a website called SitePoint, which I believe was is was based out of Australia. And they were really popular, big website at the time. And it was called the Web Design Business Kit. Ooh. And now that I look back, it's like the most traditional info product. It was walking you through all the details, you know, not like a traditionally published book where it'd be like, here's my story and here's the takeaways and stuff like that. It was very practical and like, here's how to run your business, do this, not that. In the same way that a lot of courses and ebooks would be written now, but it came in a binder. Oh, wow. You know, and so I got it in the mail. It had CDs in the back that had contracts and templates and proposals and all of that stuff that you could load. And what it was, I think by what I would have expected to get if I joined a union. Hmm. Like, hey, this is how to run your business. This is how to invoice. When people don't pay you, it's because you didn't collect money up front, you know, like all of those details. So I don't know if that would come best in the form of a union, but I do think that that level of coaching and support and shared resources is so valuable. And that was something that I paid $250 for maybe. And so maybe that would be a better way to get into a union. You're like paying $250 for this whole thing. And that includes your first year of membership to the union. If I were running a creator union, that's how I would put it together. That makes sense. That's really funny that you mentioned that because one of my first digital products I bought was a designer's pricing course to teach me how to price freelance work. Okay. And it had like proposal example templates, contract templates, that sort of thing in it as well. Yeah. But this one did not come to me in the mail on CDs. It was a little bit later on. Oh, now you're making me feel old, even though... Even though I'm older than you. Yeah. You're older. Yeah. Uh, let's see. You know, on that note, at Converger, we have this phrase of teach everything you know. Mm -hmm. Another one of work in public. And I think this is a big part of the problem that we're trying to solve. This is why I share numbers for everything. Yeah. And that's why I think, Charlie, you've shared tons and tons of numbers throughout your career. Yeah. Because someone's like, oh, I, I got this new deal. I'm going to do this and I'm going to get paid $100 per video. And they're like so excited. That's where, you know, if we share numbers... And like you have a video sharing salary details and everything, even from your time at ConvertKit and how compensation works and everything. The more we share, then you learn like, wait a second, you're charging $5,000 per website? I was only charging $1,000. There are companies out there who pay that much. You know, you're earning $100,000 a year. I thought that, you know, or my manager at work told me like, oh, designers never get paid more than 50000 Right. And I had no information. They have the information. So I said like, okay, I guess you must be right. Whenever there's a power imbalance, usually there's an information imbalance that goes with it. Yes. And it's often fueled by that. And so the more information you can put out there, and that's something that these unions are doing, of putting out more information, but all of us creators can do that. It starts to level that we may still have the power imbalance, but we can at least level the information gap. And then as an individual influencer, you'd be like, right, so you have 20,000 YouTube subscribers. I have 10,000. 
you're getting paid thousands per video. I'm getting paid hundreds. Okay, I think I just need to find new brands to work with. Whereas before you might be like, well, my content's not worth anything more because this is just what people will pay for it. Yeah, I remember the first time I learned from a friend who worked at a beauty company that they were pitching to work with influencers. And this one influencer quoted them through their like influencer management agency. So it was all like, you know, sort of more standardized and we could see this was a rate that they actually did get paid usually. And they were quoting like 25 grand for a a sponsored video. Hmm. And I was like, I had my mind blown. I was like, I did not ever think that a YouTuber would be paid that much for a video. Right. And then I was like, I know I'm not at that level, but I know I can be a lot higher than what I'm at now. I think I added in like a zero to my sponsorship quotes from then on. <laughs> right. When even if adding a zero is going from 250 to 2,500. Yeah. But that's something that's so helpful about this is so many creators are in the space of, I love this so much, I'd do it for free. Yes. Right? Yeah. And then someone comes along and says like, I'll pay you this much money for it. And you're like, great, I would do it for free. <laughs> and then you quickly have to realize like, oh, I love this so much, I'm going to charge what I'm worth. Mm-hmm. And then that will enable me to do even more. And so I think unions can help with that. Emily mentions in the chat, I feel like if you want higher level advice, you should get a coach or a mentor. Absolutely. I don't think any of this negates that or, you know, for accelerating your career, a coach or a mentor becomes even more important. I just know that one thing and something that Hannah touches on in the chat is that when you're starting out, community is the hardest thing. Okay. Take a step back. The question is, as a creator, should I join a union? Which is what we've titled the show. So (laughs) Hypothetically, if that's what we're talking about, I would break it down to specific problems. And I would say, okay, one, one is community. As an individual creator, I need community, you know, help, support, advice, all of that from peers. And so if the union can provide that and that's the best way that I can go about getting it, then yep, check. All right, let's do that. The next thing is that I need legal, I guess it's still advice. It's not like, oh yeah, here's how you should tweak your branding. It's like, no, 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 don't get screwed over. Here's all that. And that's something that is harder to come by. Yes. And that's why, you know, like those are the first products that we bought because that was such a black box. So legal community. And then I think that that transparent feedback, because even in communities, not a lot of transparency. And so people coming out with reports or things like that. Mm. That's something else I would expect from a union is this is what's going on in in the industry. This is what CPMs are at or cost per thousand views. If anyone doesn't know what a CPM is, any of those things of having a broad range of information. Yeah. Yeah. You would expect to get all that. And I think that it would also depend on the union as well that you're joining and how strict they are in in their rules and what you are and aren't allowed to do Mm -hmm. because of the freedom like we talked about before. But I think that it's kind of needed to stop this problem of people doing things for free just because they love it, you know? Like maybe there's a lot of creators out there who need a little bit more of some strict control of saying, no, you can't work for that brand for free just because you like them. Right. It brings down the whole industry because this brand now knows that they can find creators to do it for free. Mm Mm-hmm. That's not putting food on your table and it's like sort of taking away from everyone else and the work they're doing as well. Well, and we saw a lot of that happen in the design community with contests where contests used to be yeah. very common of like, hey, I'm, I have a logo that I need designed. Let's do a contest. Yeah. Uh, everyone do a whole bunch of free unpaid work, but don't worry, one of you will get paid or maybe three if we have runners up. Mm-hmm. And so many people in the industry were like, yeah, that's that's how it works. That's how we build our portfolios. And there'd be like this little, like a few voices over here being like, nope, that's exploding. But then over time, that change did come. And now, like if you were to post a contest that involved someone doing a bunch of free work, 
best of luck. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. The design is going to come for you. Let's say that they will find you. <laughs> Let me just say, don't put that on Twitter if you were thinking about it. Yes. Yeah. Definitely don't put a hashtag design or anything like that either. <laughs> yeah. And that's because this industry change has, has happened. Yes. And I would love to see this industry change right. for creators as well. Like I would love to see it just being the default that creators are paid when a brand is mm-hmm. approaching them and asking them to do something, whether it's just to feature a product, take over their Instagram feed, whatever. Right. A lot of times brands lean on the like, oh, it's cross promotion. Like we'll share it on our feed. So it's good publicity for you. And it's just, I think it's worth more than that because something that this article that we've talked about and we should link in the YouTube description says is that when you hire an influencer and you sponsor a creator, you're sponsoring a writer, a producer, a host, Mm. uh, editor, like all of the things you're getting with this one person. And that's, that's valuable for sure. I don't know if I'm convinced that unions are the answer to this problem. Yeah. And I don't think they need to be, but I like the fact that we're talking about them existing because something that we've been doing at ConvertKit for a long time has been like our company mission to make blogging and creating a viable career that is respected as a career. Mm -hmm. And just the very fact that we're talking about there being unions for creators. Right. That's a good sign, right? It shows that the the world as a whole is seeing this as a career and that unions are necessary because there are so many people doing it. Right. So on that side, if we're not convinced that unions are the answer, what are some of those downsides? Why would you not join a union? Why have you not joined a union? Yeah, good question. For me, I think it's about the control of wanting to be like absolutely have 100% freedom over what I do and don't choose to take on. Mm -hmm. Because I could imagine a situation where I would work for a brand for less than I originally quoted or less than the industry average if we have like this personal relationship and if I do feel like I'm getting more out of it than just the monetary value, you know. Like there's been times I've worked for a lower rate because the brand has instead committed to six videos instead of one, for example. Yeah which meant good regular income coming in for me. So that that would be my main reason is that. But at the same time, I don't want to be doing anything that is degrading the value of creators with what I do. I've tried to be really careful about that. Like no one knows the industry standard rates to be charged for something. You know, you ask a brand, they're going to say it's like, oh, it's like 50 bucks for a post because they want to pay as small as possible, obviously. I don't know. I don't think that's really, really known. And so I would find that side of things useful. But perhaps I'd be more interested in joining a community of professionals where it was someone's job to be running it and controlling it to be doing this research right? rather than just like a Slack group that a bunch of creators have created together as peers. Like I feel like it needs someone doing all that research as their job, essentially. Yeah, that makes sense. For me, I don't think I would have joined a union probably because I like that independence and I, and I would have been nervous about what I would have to give up. Mm. Yeah, I think that I think that's the biggest thing. As far as downsides to unions, I think it's important for the union to have a clear a clear charter of what change they're trying to create, both in the world and what support they're trying to provide. Because I think in so many cases, they're just such a huge advantage. Yep. And then I think there's other times where maybe the power imbalance gets pushed too far and it switches from the company having too much power and the individual having none to then the union growing. And then I think we do see cases where it gets too far outside the other way and maybe it's hurting a business or maybe it's hurting social change. Like one example that comes to mind for me is everyone who's very pro-union. If we go to police violence in the United States, it's a lot of the police unions 
that are protecting those individual officers, right? Real years ago, maybe they didn't have the support that was needed. I don't know, I'm speculating. And so the unions performs to get the collective bargaining and to improve their pay and other things. But then it's gotten so far that the union is like, we have the back of the police officer no matter what happens. And so then it goes you know, maybe creators aren't this far along with unions, but there might come a time where maybe there's a creator union that does have real power and influence. And in some dispute between the creator and the business owner, the union sides with the creator, even though like objectively, you're like, that's not okay. But the union might be like, no, we have the creators back no matter what. The only thing that I would caution against is making sure that everyone is still looking at it from rights, morals, and what's creating the best long-term relationship in society, rather than just, I'm here to defend my one party at any cost. No matter what. Exactly. And I think also for a union to truly be for creators and like in support of creators, there has to be an easy out for the creator as well. Like if they decide I don't agree with what the union's doing anymore, or I want to go in this different direction, they can't be like locked in in any way or, you know, held accountable to something they signed at the beginning if they decide they want to leave it. Right. And obviously if you leave it, then you leave the good parts of it as well. And you have to be okay with that. But like you need, that needs to be something you can do. Rather than it turning into, you can't work in this industry unless you are a part of our... Right. Now we have a new imbalance. Monopoly. Yeah, we have a new monopoly because let's say we're a writer or director in Hollywood. You actually, to my knowledge, can't work in the industry unless you're part of the appropriate guild. And so that could turn into one of those things where you're like, look, there's things that I don't like that's happening, so I'm going to leave. And that means you have to leave the entire industry. Not work anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I really think unions are about fixing power imbalances. And so you have to make sure that you don't push the power imbalance too far the other side. Yeah, I love that. I feel like that's a good note to end on. Good place to wrap it up. The one thing that that I would add, the work that I think we're trying to do at ConvertKit and so many creators that we support, you and I are both doing it individually, is to fix power imbalances by the free spread of information. Yeah. Of taking things and saying, this is what we're doing. It even makes me think that more and more brands should publish, hey, this is what we pay influencers. We should probably do that same thing of putting out, these are the rates that we pay. These are the circumstances that we're paying $50 an hour for design work. These are the levels that we pay $100, $100 an hour, not $100. I don't want to, you know. Yeah, don't come for Nathan designers. Yeah, <laughs> Exactly. You know, and just all of those things, because more of that transparency is going to help the entire industry. Yeah, absolutely. And like anyone listening, if you want to talk about how much you should charge a brand who's coming your way, like feel free to hit me up on Twitter DMs and I can, I don't know, I'm not the expert on what you should and shouldn't charge, but I can at least tell you what brands have paid me in the past (laughs) and you can go from there. Sounds good. All right. Charlie, do you have a creator for us to feature today? I do have a creator and it might be a surprising one. And I'm going to share my screen and show you this. I'm slightly nervous. It's a YouTube channel and a podcast that I've discovered lately. It's called Missed Apex and it is like an F1 review show. So I have gotten really into Formula One over the past year or so. And these guys do a great like recap show right after the race on Sundays. And we've started watching the live stream every week. So that's been really fun. And I think they do a great job. I just want to shout them out in case there's any other F1 fans watching. <laughs> Can you give the 30 second version of why F1? Like, you're the last person that I ever expected to be an F1 fan. I am not. I, like, I just have never gotten into it at all. Like, what's, what's so exciting about it? Okay. Well, first of all, you should watch Drive to Survive on Netflix. And then you too, we brought in to this. Okay. 
For me, F1 is like, it's a sport. It's got all the like fun sports stuff about the like the challenge and like the competition and that sort of things. But it's also about the engineering side of things. Like you win not just by being the best driver, but by having the best car. And so like that's part of it as well. Mm -hmm. And also there's a whole lot of drama. So it's kind of like reality TV as well, which is really fun and exciting. So those are all the reasons that I love F1. That's awesome. Well, my creator of the day is Kelsey Baldwin. We just did a creator story on her. Such a good story. I didn't cry when I read this story because I've known Kelsey for a long time, but I think I might have if I hadn't known her. Amazing story. Definitely check it out. Her building her business life as a designer. She's come to Craft and Commerce before, so we've gotten to hang out in person. Check it out. There's the podcast version, and we'll drop a link to it in the chat. Is that it for today? I think that's all that I have. Sweet. That's all that I have. I did not prepare a resource in advance. I didn't either. The resource that I'm preparing is our board deck for the whole company. So I think that'll do it. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you all on Friday. Bye. Thanks for listening to The Future Belongs to Creators. We're the makers of ConvertKit, where we're on a mission to help creators earn a living by building software that helps you build an audience of loyal fans. ConvertKit is the best way to launch or grow your next creative project. To start building your audience with a landing page and to send emails up to 500 subscribers for free, go to landingpage.new. That's landingpage.new to get started with the free ConvertKit account today. We'll see you next time.